0: Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us
1: today. Today, I want to speak to you on this subject, standing firm till the end. Today's message has been stirring in my heart for a long, long time. The last few years during the pandemic, there has been a sifting of the weed and the tares to some degree. As my mother, many times over the last couple of years, she'd call me or we'd be talking. She would say, son, I'm praying for you. And I'm praying for your church. And she said, we're going through, my mom said, we're going through what's called the testing of our faith. We kind of went from a, being a people of faith, that's what the church is known for, we're people of faith. But we went from being people of faith to being people of fear. Many Christian people lived in fear the last couple of years. We were people of faith. Then we became people of fear. And now we've become people who are just basically lazy. <laughs> because we got used to just watching the service on television because it was more convenient just to stay home and drink coffee and, rather than get up and get dressed and come to church and to worship. And we've become lackadaisical in our participation. We've become lackadaisical in our giving, in our witnessing. We've become lackadaisical in our understanding that the church is the bride of Christ. And one day, one day, Jesus is going to return. He's going to return. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, one day Jesus is going to return. Say that to your neighbor. Tell tell him. And then tell him this. Tell him this. That's a fact, Jack. I don't know why I like saying that. I just like saying that. And when he returns, when he returns and he's going to return, he's going to come back. Why is he coming back? He's coming back to get the church, his bride. He, Jesus, Jesus is a real groom. And the church is a real bride. And right now, Jesus is off preparing a real home which is a real place and one day he's coming back it's a real return and he's going to take the church the real bride to go and live in a real heaven for a real eternity and if we take an honest assessment It appears right now that the world around us is unraveling. So now more than ever before, the world needs the church. The world needs the bride of Christ. But the church today is asleep. The church today in America is being deconstructed. People of God are living in fear. The governor of this state has deemed the church to be non essential. And the church is becoming anemic. I'm not even sure we're ready for Christ's return. There's a comic strip called Calvin and Hobbes, and Calvin's boss walks in and sees Calvin. Calvin's sitting at his desk doing nothing, just kind of staring out the window. And the boss says, Well, Calvin, why aren't you working? And without much thought, Calvin confesses to his boss, because I didn't see you coming. (laughs) And in many ways, that is the picture of the 21st century church. We don't see Jesus returning, and we're asleep. We're not serving, we're not working, can't hardly find any volunteers. I understand that at the restaurant. I don't understand that at the church. We're too busy chasing worldly things that have little or no value. We're far more concerned about physical things than we are spiritual things. And with all that in mind, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he talks about the end times when he's going to return. I want you to look at Matthew 24, verse 3. Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives. And if you go with us to Israel, you and I are going to sit on the Mount of Olives and we're going to look across and we're going to see Jerusalem just like this picture behind me. This is, this is modern Jerusalem. Jesus was standing there. He was looking at ancient Jerusalem. And the disciples came to Him privately. They said, tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign Of the coming and of the, the what? The end of the age. Everybody say the end. end. Say it again. It kind of sounds bad, doesn't it? Unless, of course, it's the end of a bad movie. The end, when he says the end, that tells us, pay attention, that there's a day that's already been circled, On God's calendar, where God has written the words, the end. He's already written it down. And God one day will eventually put his foot down and he'll say, that's enough. That's enough pain. That's enough crime. That's enough lawlessness. That's enough rebellion. That's enough greed. That's enough immorality. And he's going to say, that's enough. And then he's going to say, Jesus go get my bride and he will that day that day is coming and it might be today i just want you to know it might be today in your sermon notes i want to tell you four ways that we can know that we're living in the last days And then I want to tell you four ways that you and I can stand firm to the end. First, write this down, the four ways we know we're living in the last days. Reason number one, there will be worldwide chaos. Worldwide chaos. Look down at Matthew 24, verse 6. He says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end, everybody say the end. the end? The end is still to come. Verse seven nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. That's chaos. It's worldwide chaos in the form of wars rumors of wars, famines, and earthquakes in various places. Right now, while you're sitting here in this church, one of the world's leading powers, Russia, is invading, bombing Ukraine. Putin, their leader, has threatened to use nuclear weapons. The United States of America at this very moment is providing Ukraine assistance. Iran is providing Russia with drones and other assistance iran right now is also developing its own nuclear weapons and they have sworn they have sworn the destruction of israel and they have sworn the destruction of the united states of america and then today the united states is working out an agreement with iran and we have russia at the table helping with the negotiations this is all confusing And while that's going on right now, while you're sitting here this very moment, there are terrorists that are flooding across our open borders. We also have North Korea that is making constant threats against South Korea. And while all that's going on today, in Somalia today, there are 250 million people that are dying of of starvation, lack of food this very moment while we're sitting here. And this Thanksgiving, in a couple of weeks, we're going to take up a Thanksgiving offering. And we're going to send that money to Somalia, to people who are on the ground feeding the people of that country. We're going to do that. And then there's not a day goes by that somewhere in the world there's not an earthquake. Somewhere in the world. So famines and earthquakes and catastrophes are all over the globe. Now look at verse 8. Look at th- this is what Jesus said. Jesus said that all of these things are the beginning of birth pains now we all know what birth pains are even men we've never experienced them but we know what they are they're these little tremors that become more intense and happen more often when we know when that's happening we know what's about to happen a baby is just around the corner anyone say amen Amen. jesus said when you see all these things happening They're just the beginning of birth pains, which means, oh, it's happening. But what it also says is that all these things that we're experiencing, we're just, it's just the beginning. What it means is things are going to get worse and worse and worse. Just so you know, don't be alarmed. Don't be fearful. This is part of what's happening. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And then the end will come. Secondly, write this down. There will be hatred of people. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. Now, I know there's always been people who don't like people. But in my entire lifetime, I have never seen a period in all the years of my life where I see more people who hate other people than right now. Verse 9 says, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. Verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from the faith, and they will betray, and they will hate each other. It's one of the signs. And today, politicians and the media, they work 24 hours a day to divide us. We're more divided today than we've ever been before. There's more hatred today than ever before. There's always been hatred. There's just more of it today social media sites are built on hatred and division anger is flooding into people's hearts there's a lack of forgiveness everywhere and wherever there is hatred there's lack of love wherever there is bitterness there's lack of forgiveness wherever there is anger there's lack of peace and wherever there is chaos there's lack of christ is there anyone here who's ever played pickleball? Anybody ever play pickleball? There's a pickleball player. Let me see all the pickleball hands. Come on, raise all the pickleball. Pickleball, 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 pickleball. pickleball. No, no one over here? Well, you all need to get out more. <laughs> so pickleball, let me, it's kind of like, like playing tennis on top of a ping pong table. It's a real small court, but it's kind of like ping pong, kind of like tennis. It's small. And uh, some people, I've been playing a little bit. And uh, the other day we were playing and we were what's called the last man standing. Now, last man standing is when a bunch of people show up and everybody's left and you're the last one there. So I'm, I'm, I'm the last group there. And there were five of us. One was my wife. She'd been playing. She's tired. She's sitting in the stands. So there's only four of us left. I'm the old guy over here and there's another old guy over there. And then each team has a, four, a guy that's about 40 years of age. So over there, there's an old guy and a 40-year-old. And over here is me and a 40-year-old. And we're playing. The score is 5-4. You play to 11. I'm having fun. And the ball was hit. One guy called it out. One guy called it. it was two 40-year-olds. And within about 10 seconds, they were at the net, face-to-face, yelling, screaming, cursing every foul-mouthed word you can imagine, spitting, they were using racial derogatory terms towards one another. One guy knocked the ball out of the other guy's hand and they walked off the court and I'm standing there and I'm looking over there at the other old guy like, what in the world is going on? (laughs) It's pickleball. So I go up and sit with my wife In the stands, and I look over, and the old guys over there, and right down in front, they came off the court. These two guys got in each other's faces again, and I'm telling you, I've never heard so much cursing in all my life—cursing, cursing, 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 f-bomb, 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 racial derogatory names back towards each other, other slurs, and then they started hitting each other, and one guy knocked the other guy out cold. He finally wakes up. They both get up, this guy calls the police on his phone, this guy calls the police on his phone, and next thing I know, I'm an eyewitness. (laughs) I claim to see nothing, but it's a snapshot of what's happening in our culture today. But on top of that, this scripture says that as believers, as, as Christians, I'm talking about if you are a true believer You become the most vilified people on this earth. If you stand for biblical principles and you should stand for biblical principles, you will be persecuted. You will be vilified. You will be marginalized and you will be hated by all people. Number three, write this down. There will be false leaders, false leaders, false prophets, I want to read verse 4 and 5 and then read verse 11. Verse 4 says, Jesus says, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. Verse 11 says, And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And I say to you, anyone who denies the infallibility of Scriptures is a false prophet. Anyone who claims that The gospel is not the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is a false prophet. Anyone who tries to change the true gospel is a false prophet. Anyone who denies the death, burial, and resurrection, anyone who denies the virgin birth is a false prophet. Anyone who claims to be the Messiah other than Jesus Christ himself is a false teacher. Anyone who says that there are many ways to go to heaven is a false prophet. Anyone who tries to get you to do something that is contrary to the Word of God is a false teacher. Anyone who says that the Bible is outdated is a false prophet. And it's why you and I need to know, read, and understand the Word of God. Number four. The fourth sign is there will be much, much wickedness. The Bible says in verse 12, because, it's in your notes, look at it, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Though I could talk for an hour on this. But everywhere you turn today, there's evil. There's immorality. There are injustices. Crime on our streets. I am shocked at how many people curse and swear in our country. I I go to any restaurant in this city, and it's just a matter of a few seconds before I hear someone on the next table cursing and swearing. I went to a football game Friday night. A guy sitting right in front of me, he, he knows I'm a preacher. He's swearing, dropping F-bombs. There were about 10 people telling him, hey, man, don't swear, to preacher's right here. Kept doing it. <laughs> when I left, he looked at me and he goes, I'm sorry, Pastor, I'll be in church Sunday. <laughs> Which I'm sure he didn't come. And when I left, I looked at him and I said, you better be in church Sunday because you don't want that curse upon you all week long. I just said that to him. And I understand, I really do, I don't, I don't, but I do understand why non-believers curse and swear because they don't know any better. But what I will never understand is how somebody who goes to church, someone who says they're a Christian, someone who says they believe in God, someone who says they follow Christ, continue to curse and swear. I don't understand why Christian people curse and swear. I don't understand it. Because the Bible says... Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is that doing in our hearts? That doesn't have anything to do with salvation, but I'm asking you, why why do we as believers curse and swear? And as you look around, there is so much sexual perversion today in America. There's wickedness everywhere. Every day, we're aborting two to 300 babies in this country. The number one state in all of the United States with the most abortions every year is the state of California. And this year in a few days, and when you vote, there's Proposition 1 that our governor put on the ballot to provide abortions even up to and including the day of birth. That is sheer evil. We also have 70 people that are murdered every day in the United States of America. And on top of that, we have 1.2 million people every year that go to the emergency rooms in the hospitals across this country for assaults. And what you see in this verse, look at it, look at it, it says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And it's like this scale. And the reason there, there's so much wickedness, we, we, we no longer love, love is diminishing, and, and wickedness, and this is another thing I just want to share, no matter what happens bad, we say, well, they had mental illness. And I understand that some people actually have mental illness. Don't write me a letter and tell me that you're upset by this. I'm telling you, I know that people have mental illness and it's a serious issue. But there are so many things going on in our country today. It's not mental illness. It's people waking up and deciding they're not going to follow God. They're not going to follow the things of God. They're just going to do whatever they want to do. And so they get involved in some sin. And sin continues to grow. It actually starts taking over your life. And you become a a wicked person, an evil person. It's not mental illness. It's sin. You've decided not to obey God. And here's what it says. Now watch this. When there's an increase of wickedness, and we're all seeing it, the love of most will grow. It's like this scale. The only thing I know that can decrease wickedness is an increase of love.
0: Be sure to join us next week as Pastor Dudley continues with today's message here on Lift Up Jesus. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts are whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach, liftupjesus.com forward slash, and then the word reach. If you're struggling with the loss of a loved one and you feel like you need help to get through it, we are here for you. It's called Grief Share. Grief Share is a friendly, caring group of people who will walk alongside you through one of life's most difficult experiences, the loss of a loved one. You can meet with a support group here at Shepherd Church or with a local group near you. You don't have to go through the grieving process alone. GriefShare support groups are led by people who understand what you are going through and want to help you'll gain access to valuable GriefShare resources to help you recover from your loss and look forward to rebuilding your life. To learn more about GriefShare, visit griefshare.org to find a support group near you. That's griefshare.org to learn more. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.